Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from a part of the gospel according to John, which may sound familiar to some of you. It comes from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, which can be found on page 93 in the New Testament section of your Bible. So listen now to God's holy word. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Because only because no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you that you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so too must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that on this day, as we gather together, that our hearts may become one. That as we lift our hearts up to you and the things that are on them, that your spirit may come and dwell among us. That your spirit may open our hearts and our minds to the ways in which you are calling us to be your church. To be your hands and feet. To be the love that you have given to us. We ask this in your most blessed name we pray. Amen. Nicodemus, Nicodemus most likely had a lot of things on his mind as he was going out to see Jesus that evening in the dead of night. 
It wouldn't be surprising that someone of his nature had those questions, especially after someone of his rank and stature caught wind of what Jesus had done just previously in the temple, where Jesus went on this running rampage through the temple with a whip made out of cord driving out the money changers and the merchants. Nicodemus's curiosity, like ours, I think would be pretty peaked at that point. And Nicodemus, like us as well, have decided to go and have a nighttime conversation with Jesus. And again, like Nicodemus, we are confronted with a passage that pushes us out of our comfort zone. And Jesus does that this morning by challenging our very understanding of what it means to be part of something bigger, to be part of something where the barriers that are between us are torn down, and the constructions that we have erected that divide us are also torn down. Curiously, Nicodemus decides to visit Jesus in the dead of night. Perhaps it's because Nicodemus thought that he would evade the judging eyes of any of his colleagues or any nosy parishioners who might have frowned at Nicodemus's decision to visit Jesus. Yet the trouble for Nicodemus and for us is that we often come to Jesus with a set of expectations, a set of ideas that rarely coincide with Jesus' actual desire for our world and for our lives. We like to think that we know all the answers. We like to think that we know what is best for ourselves, and dare I say, what is good for other people. But when we come before Jesus with that kind of arrogance, well, should we really be surprised at what happens next? Jesus turns to Nicodemus and says, Very truly I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born from above. That last word, above, can also mean born anew, born again in Greek, which is where we derive this understanding of what it means to be born again. When he hears this, Nicodemus is confused He doesn't understand how someone can be born again, born from above. He asks Jesus, how can one enter the womb a second time and be born? Of course, Jesus isn't talking about a literal rebirth, but one that has already occurred in the pouring out of God's love. God's pouring out of love upon the entirety of the created world. Because you see, we already have a rebirth, a rebirth in the love that flows from the covenants, flows from the promises of God. And such a revival is found in the incarnation of love made flesh in Jesus Christ. Most often, the problem is that we have forgotten what it means and what role it plays in our lives. So instead of living as people who give life to others, we take life and take salvation and take freedom away from others. And in our erecting of barricades and barriers that keep people out instead of welcoming them in to the table that Christ has prepared, well, we've forgotten something. 
And when we forget that such love dwells inside us and has dwelled inside us from the very beginning and has given us life anew, we then also forget how the Spirit of God has brought us into fellowship with one another in a way that breaks down all fears, all walls that we attempt to put in the way of the Spirit. In what ways have we not lived as people who have been reborn in the love of God? Perhaps it's how we treat others. Pretty easy place to start. Perhaps it's on how we treat others who don't fit into our mold for who belongs and who doesn't belong. Maybe it's in the times when we pretend not to hear or address a a sexist or racist slur or derogatory remark someone made in a public place. Because the reality is that we have fallen short in remembering this rebirth and love on a number of different occasions. Some small, maybe some big. Even though we know what Jesus expects of us, we aren't yet fully able to comprehend what it means to be people who are born of both water and spirit. But just because we fail in those times to stand up to injustice, to welcome those who have not been welcomed to the table of God, that does not mean we stop. That does not mean we stop trying to live our lives a people who have been born again. I want to emphasize that. Just because you fail one time doesn't mean you stop. That's important. When Jesus tells Nicodemus that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit, I can't help but think back to an old episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where Mr. Rogers invites Officer Clemens to cool his feet in a little kiddie pool that was in the backyard of Mr. Rogers' house, I guess you could say. It was a commentary on the present culture for Mr. Rogers, at a time where people could not see people for who they were. So in times like that, a simple act of swimming, we find that there were people who threw chemicals into pools in order to drive out black Americans. But Mr. Rogers and his welcoming of Francois Scarborough, the actor who played Officer Clemens, in that moment where they decided to share a moment cooling themselves, Fred Rogers modeled what it means to understand divine love, to manifest the words we hear this morning of people who live as though they had been reborn in both water and spirit. And this is where we find our hope. This is where we should find our strength. Because for all the times we hopelessly try to control, hopelessly try to manipulate things for ourselves, God's love shines through. And we need to remind ourselves of this love each and every day. And not just the love we're supposed to have for one another, but the fact that we are loved. Because it is a love that impacts the entirety of creation. 
It transcends race. It transcends creed. It transcends borders to tell us that regardless of our alliance to any power we might have, we are called first. We are called first to be disciples of the living God. Because as we find this morning, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. The kingdom of God is a place where light has shone onto all the darkened areas of the world, bringing the fallen parts, the fallen aspects of our world into the light so that they may be redeemed. As a family that is interwoven, made up of a variety of people from all walks of life, Jesus shows us that our loyalties are not bound by conventional elements such as blood, such as nation or creed. The places and times where we have failed to live as people born anew are brought forth into the light of God so that they may be redeemed and given another opportunity to live the way that has been demonstrated, that has been modeled for us by Christ and how we live our daily lives. And this, this is the good news. This is the love that has come from God. This is rebirth. It is an opportunity for us to put our faith into practice. It's not something that happens only on Sunday mornings. It's not something that happens in the privacy of our homes when we do devotions. This rebirth, this reclaiming, this life anew is a call by God to live out our faith publicly, to live it unashamed at how it leads us against the traditions and the customs that we have become so accustomed to participating in. So as we continue this Lenten season, let us discover how the fullness of a new life in Christ compels us to act, to speak, and to live differently. Christ came into the world to dismantle systems of oppression and justice and to show us that we ought to put our trust in God rather than in things like fear and hate and any other kind of earthly powers. So whose feet are we going to wash or sit with this day and the day after tomorrow? Who can we invite to the table or by the poolside with us as they join us in the community God has brought us into? Our actions, more so than our words, will reveal whether or not we have embraced our identity as people who have been born anew in God. So let our works then reflect this truth. Let them reflect this truth in how we conduct our business, dispel fear and prejudice, and actively tear down the things. Give them up. Give up the things that divide us from one another, that keep us from joining our hearts to each and every one who is around us, so that they may be brought into the light of God. Because I can't be sure of many things in life, but I can be sure of this, that the end result, the end result will be something more beautiful than anything we could possibly imagine. 
more beautiful than anything we could possibly imagine, as it would embody the Spirit of God and the fullness of what it means to be such a diverse human race. People who bring our joys, people who bring our sorrows, our talents, our love, and everything else that makes us who we are as people created in the image of the living God. So let us remember that this Lenten season, living as people who have been reborn, people who have been given life anew from both water and spirit. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.